0: Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the ISI Life Podcast. Today's a conversation with Rick Willis. And Rick is is really an amazing man who was a guest speaker at one of our recent conferences. And we sit down and we focus mainly today focusing on family and key relationships. Rick is an amazing guy who founded a Christian community school. And as a result of the relationships he developed with all the parents and students, he really gives us some practical tips on how to develop significant and meaningful relationships in our lives. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. Stay sharp, everybody. Hi, Rick. Thank you for being here. This is fantastic. I, uh, I feel extremely fortunate to know you and to have this conversation uh, about family and key relationships. And I feel like you just have so much to share. I'm not even sure where, where this is gonna go, but I know it's gonna go where, where it needs to go. Uh, but before we kind of dive into specifics and topics and, you know, all the all the wisdom that you have to share, maybe just give everybody here a little bit of a background on you and your brief bio.
1: Yeah, thanks, Nick. I appreciate the opportunity, too. Um, we're in Lakewood, Ohio, and this is where I grew up, <laughs> so this is kind of home for me. Uh, my background, real quick, is I uh, grew up—actually, we— I was born in uh, London, England, and our family came over on the boat, uh, and my dad got a job at American Greetings in Cleveland as a writer, so uh, we kind of settled in the Lakewood area, went to Lakewood schools, uh, went to Miami University, Yeah, and right I know you went there. <laughs> and uh, basically, uh, when I was 17, through the Young Life organization, I uh, was presented with the gospel really for the first time and uh, read a little bit, pondered that, and gave my life to Christ. And uh, it was pretty dramatic for me. Never looked back. Moved ahead and wanted to serve God. Ended up in uh, education. I taught in a couple public schools, a couple private schools, and started a school in uh, 1994 called Christian Community School. Uh, And part of the vision that we had when we started was to really make uh, relationships um, and community formative in children. So um, we've we've worked hard at that to try and make sure that the coaches, the adults, the older to younger students really, really built into the lives of, of kids and not separate them into just, you know, Uh, one classroom all day with the same age children Mm. so that really got me initially interested in this whole idea of living life in in healthy relationships and community and uh, the Lord blessed my wife and I Becky with seven kids so we've we've been able to uh, practice what we preach a little bit (laughs) and uh, it's been great Um, I'm pleased and honored and humbled to say they're walking with the Lord and they all have different personalities, and some are giving us grandchildren, and some are single. But um, part of my story, Nick, really is taking the, the concept of the body of Christ and applying that to uh, my family life and giving them an identity, even as children, that they, they belong to something that's different than a lot of other people belong to. Mm-hmm. Um, they're followers of Jesus, and, and some of that was taught, and some of that was caught, but I can look back and, and reflect a little bit that, uh, I'm probably getting off my background here, but, but reflect a little bit about um, key individuals in their lives that reinforce the relationships that, and, and, the, and the priorities that my wife and I had. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just mom and dad preaching it to kids, it was a whole support network that we worked hard to get, that reinforced those values, and and it's just been wonderful to see that play out.
0: What were uh, were some of those supporting relationships? that?
1: Some of it was um, teachers at the school. We had a strong community, so we had them over for dinner, and some of the younger teachers, single teachers, would come, and my son was just awestruck by these people you know (laughs) to me they're just (laughs) teachers at the school but you know when you're young older older people really have an imprint on you yeah um some were just other families that were raising kids the same time as we were Mm -hmm. Uh, we got together and did everything from uh, worship together to play kickball and so so part of it was just the kids growing up in an atmosphere that uh, mom and dad have these convictions and so do other people. Mm-hmm. So when, when when my kids couldn't watch a movie that their friends could watch, if they couldn't go to the the, the event, the concert, whatever, it wasn't this struggle between, you know, Mom, my dad won't let me go. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, uh, our family has some core values yeah. that we hold to. So it didn't get so personal. And of course they struggled with that and, and, and rebelled and, and did everything kids kids do. but. I think it was in a context of, we, we stand for something. We stand for Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, being a Christian means we're not gonna participate in some things that aren't, that aren't good and would, would grieve the Lord, mm-hmm. so. And those
0: core values, you talked about core values. Was that a big part of your decision-making process and some of the rules in, within the family? And,
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah if, we, if we needed to make a big decision, Anything from moving to buying a car to joining a, an organization or a club or having our kids play sports. We tried to make those decisions from from some sort of a value framework. Mm. Um, one of our core values is, as a family, is simplicity. You know, uh, if, we're, if we're making a purchase or we're doing something with our time, we want to sort of reflect on is that consistent? Is this decision consistent with our core values of simplicity or um, some virtue that we, we hold up, maybe purity? Hmm. Um, you know, so the decision wasn't made in a vacuum. It was made in the context of, of a framework of, of values that we said as, as the Willis family we're going to hold to. Yeah. And
0: didn't, I have so many questions about this, because with young you know, kind loop, two young guys,
1: right. You know, they're starting to
0: be at the age where they're understanding pretty much everything. They're, yeah. They, they're getting, they don't miss a thing. So with, with the core values that you and your wife, Becky developed, was that something that you guys developed together or did you, you have. have your set? She had her set. You kind of merged them together. Did you develop them with the kids? Did it tra- transform over time? Yeah,
1: yeah, it was a, it was a work in progress. I. I, I really borrowed that idea because I wanted to establish core values for the school that we were starting. Mm-hmm. So when somebody said, uh, tell me about the school, I could say, well, these are the values that we're holding to mm-hmm. as a community of believers. But then I wanted to apply that to our situation. And my wife, Becky, and I, you know, we take all these tests and we're always 180 degrees apart. You know, <laughs> just about every test we take. It's probably a good balance. <laughs> so, so part of it is, is working through that stuff. Um, but fortunately, you know, we, as Christians, we we lined up biblically with probably 90% of what we wanted to do in terms of having a family and raising kids. The other 10% is just is just marriage. It's mm-hmm. just working out the differences, you know. So we majored on the majors and, and fought on the minors. <laughs> That's,
0: it's, it's amazing. and I think it's neat that, you know, just even thinking you're, you talk a lot and it seems like... The strength of community was so important in yeah. you know in your life and your kids, and it's ironic that the name of the school is the Christian Community School, mm-hmm. probably intentionally. That, w- that still, was
1: intentional, in, intentionally so. Yeah, and we just see that really as as the Christian life. I mean, you know, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have this this community, and Jesus called twin, uh, twelve disciples into this community, and you kind of see the the whole corporate sense of christianity is we're working out our 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 faith in the context of this plurality of people as opposed to the the monk in the monastery you know uh trying to get closer to god and so that to me family is just a natural uh, incubator for that Mm -hmm. and it's it's not easy it's hard i mean people have personalities and and kids are selfish and adults are selfish and we're, we're, we have a sin nature but I really believe that uh, when, when especially children see you know they want to belong they're going to belong to something they're going to belong to a gang they're going to belong to a neighborhood hangout they're going to belong to uh, a sporting team mm-hmm. but, but I think if they can identify with belonging to the body of Christ early in life that's just gonna spare them a lot of heartache later. Yeah. You know? It's
0: awesome. So one cool thing. And going on I guess this is your twenty fifth year after you started the before. It is,
1: that's amazing. And your daughter is now kind, My of, daughter's kind of taking the, the reins. Yeah, she's the principal. She's <laughs> she's running the next generation and and, uh, and of course she has her priorities and preferences, but but it's pretty consistent. Um, value-wise with what she's been raised with and, and what she's living out in her own life. So that's awesome. It's a good fit. Congrats. Um, Thanks. It feels I, good. It's got to feel it feels good, good to good. pass yeah. that torch too. You know, <clears throat> Kim.
0: It does. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that, that's one thing I really uh, appreciate in your, your talk at ISI was about about family and really family and key relationships is the broader topic. So mm-hmm. it, can, it can be marriage, it can be kids, it can be, you know, friends and you talked a lot about the power of community and mm-hmm. you know <clears throat> what i think is neat is you you are in touch with so many different types of people throughout the throughout your just journey you know i feel like if i'm with you somewhere you know 10 people <laughs> <A> young <laughs> old all ages all ages ages. i mean um and i think i'd love to just glean some wisdom from you on how to, you know your thoughts on you talked a little bit about loneliness at the mm-hmm. at the retreat. You talked about happiness as, as a result of having strong, quality community. And so, what are some of the things that you see people doing well, or maybe people not doing well in terms of relationship development? Yeah.
1: Well, that's that's a great question, um, and we're living in a society uh, with a lot of lonely people, and uh, you know, we can we can blame. We can blame technology. We can blame um, uh, individual living and, and preferences and all the choices we have to make and all the things we can do by ourselves. And in one in one sense, we don't need a lot of people on a surface level because I can eat alone and go to a movie alone and bank online and I, I can live a pretty private life sure. if I want to. It's 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 we have the, the ability to do that the trade-off for that of course is huge we're we're designed by our creator to be in fellowship Um, that goes back to the early chapters of genesis you know when when the lord presented adam with a beautiful wife and the two became one so so i think that on one hand it's a very individual uh, society on the other hand we're wired for something better um and so to to achieve that we have to kind of look at what is in our control to, to, to form that that community with with uh, having friends over mm-hmm. um, you know go back a generation or two a lot of people entertained in their homes there, there wasn't any Starbucks <laughs> you know and so uh, today a lot most people I would I would say most entertain at a restaurant or at a coffee shop or somewhere outside the home which seems kind of unnatural Mm -hmm. we have these these homes that we clean and fix up and we don't use them a lot for 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 fellowship um so i think you know to answer the question I, i guess what i'm trying to say is there's some there's some natural community formations that maybe happen in a neighborhood when you meet other families and kids and you get to know people. But I think really today in 2019, we have to be pretty intentional. Mm-hmm. Those natural formations don't come to us the way they used to in, in previous generations. Um, a lot of men in particular belong to, you know, Rotary or Kiwanis or they were scout masters or um, they, they did certain, certain social events. at at the country club or whatever whereas today a lot of men are pretty isolated and and they're they're looking to watch a movie or they're looking to do something with somebody for this shared experience it's it's harder to to get but we've got to work all all that much harder to get it because it's what enriches our lives
0: yeah like you said it's the way that we were designed to be yeah definitely in community yeah. And you guys did a lot of that in your yeah. home. Speaking of hosting, you know, through the years you had a, I don't know what you'd call it, an extra room and Annex. where you we did, did a yeah. lot of Community fellowship. Was that a rich part of your family? And-
1: yeah, it was. We, we, we bought the house that we live in. It's, it was a fixer-upper, and we're still fixing it up and after 20 <laughs> years. But um, it had a big meeting room right attached, almost like an in-law suite, mm-hmm. if you can picture that. It has a separate entrance. And so we put a little time into cleaning that up. And uh, we had a lot of Bible studies and prayer meetings and um, kids. And so we tried to work that out in the context of, of parking and, and restrooms. And, and my wife is, is a bit of a clean freak, so she's always cleaning up the, the, the day of or the night before. But, you're um, ready for everybody to come on over. Yeah, it was great, and again, our kids benefited from that. Mm-hmm. you know, the older they got, the more they sat in and initially they were maybe babysitting the the little ones, but they got drawn in.
0: how did How did you think to do that? I mean was it a uh, encouragement from just church, or did you, you and Becky talk about, hey, we should host people in our home or like what was the catalyst for?
1: Yeah, it was um, pretty much our desire. To have our, our home used, yeah. To be honest, um, so we, we and it's not, it's not an exciting home. It's it's a, it's. <laughs> I told my wife when we first got married we would never we would never live in a split level and it's a split level so I had to eat those words, uh, but it's functional. I, I don't really care about what it looks yeah. like. It's really it's really getting people in there. Come back to your core value. Um, yeah, and, and because, you know, Nick, it, it just seems like, you know, even Jesus, if you study his life, uh, he went into a lot of homes. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, particularly, the home of um, Lazarus and Mary and Martha was a little bit of his refuge from the, the world of ministry and, and, and the masses that were around him. So I think God has, has really, in, in all generations, provided this sense that home is 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 where we can you know uh, step back a little bit and and say okay how are we going to use this uh for 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 god's purposes mm-hmm. and if it's two or three people praying once a month that's what it is yeah. you know if it's if it's once a week having 30 people in a prayer meeting or bible study or potluck dinner um, we did that occasionally just set up the tables and had a big potluck and but I guess the reason I'm emphasizing that is because I see that diminishing. Yeah. no, I. And it's so formative, it's so formative in the life of a family, yeah. you know?
0: Well, I see that. I mean, I think with, uh, at our stage, too, I, I so much want, you know, our family to be exposed to other like-minded people <laughs> who are going to raise them up. You know, I think it's not just um, Nancy and I's job right. to it's our primary job to raise our kids but I also want the influence of you know my brother and my father and absolutely you and Becky <laughs> yeah and and others and I think you, you know you touched on that at the talk at ISI that you gave and I thought that was a, kind of a really it really stood out to me because I have nieces and nephews that are at that 14 12 you know age range and, and other family too because, you know younger uh, nieces and nephews and um, sometimes people can get through to people that parents can't. Do.
1: Absolutely right. And
0: I'm sure you saw that um, mm-hmm. as a part of that. So that really stood out to me as a really important thing to be intentional about surrounding you know, myself mm-hmm. and, our, and our family with other people because they can break through and have to, you know, discussions that maybe I can't or maybe I won't. Yeah, do.
1: especially you know, in the teen years mm-hmm. when kids are, are, are looking for their independence, uh, an uncle or an aunt their grandparent can really have a way in that sometimes mom and dad are, are so familiar with their kids and they're, they're always correcting, or they're always raising or training. Mm-hmm. Sometimes another voice can, can really have impact. Yeah. I've seen that. It seems like you're extremely intentional with,
0: um, with, with family and everything that you guys have done. Were there any things in, in your marriage that you were as intentional you know about over the years to, as one of the key
1: relationships is our, our marriage or, our one of the things that we tried to work on, uh, was to understand our differences. And to kind of be not only aware of the as as a husband and wife. But but, uh, just I think as the Bible says, living in living in an understanding way. Uh, my wife Becky is. Um, is a type A and, and very sequential, and and I'm the opposite. I'm a B and I'm pretty random. <laughs> um, so her life is pretty ordered. Mm-hmm. And uh, for for example, just to give you kind of a, a funny one, um, I've been asking her recently to, and knowing that she's in Colorado for a week, by the way, so this is my opportune oh, time my to. To, to do something with the house that I can make a mess and not have to clean it up until she gets home. But uh, for her, you know, I, to paint three rooms at a time uh, is is a problem. She would want to say, well, just pr- paint this laundry room. Mm. And when that's done, we'll talk about the next thing. Well, I want to get the tarps out and do the whole kit and caboodle at sure. one time. yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, what color should this room be? And, and so that's that's a difference, you know. And I I, I admit it. Um, I, I make a mess, but at the end of the day, I, I can get a lot done. Sure. And for her, it's it's better to get less done but be more ordered. Yeah. And cleaned up, nice and, and, clean you know, and you know, yeah. The whole way so stuff. you know, we understand that, mm-hmm. and so we have to work through, um, you know, just probably talking it, it, it through a little more. Because if I just go ramrod my own you know, with, with almost anything, um, she's going to have a reaction. And sometimes she's absolutely right, mm-hmm. and sometimes I don't think she is right. But communicating those differences as opposed to burying them with frustration, that's tough living that way for 40 or 50, 60 years. Yeah, to suppress it and bury yeah, it. Yeah, you got to get it on the table, mm-hmm. even, even if you're disagreeing. We're disagreeing with this. But we're so, talking about it. So dealing with
0: conflict, So you guys... Oh, yeah. ...you know, that conflict, you know, I say that, maybe it sounds a little harsh, but when there's a, yeah. a, a disagreement or a, a difference in opinion, I guess, and not just swallowing it. You exactly. You to address it and just be upfront about it. And,
1: Unless it was really petty. Yeah. I mean, you I'm pick sure. your battles, yeah. you know, but... But if it like, you know, how we're spending our money or uh, how we're um, doing with the grandchildren those are the things we really have to be consistent on. And, uh, and so if we're talking it through, sometimes it's, you know what, we're not agreeing with this. Let's pray about it for a week and, and bring it up again.
0: A little bit. That's awesome. I, it's awesome. I mean, so much already there the, between the core values and the marriage and, uh, you know, bringing things together. Well, I want to switch gears a little bit <laughs> to, um, Talking about your experience at ISI. You you touched a little bit on, on isolation and you know that we're not we're meant for fellowship, we're meant for community. And that's that's one that was one critical element of when we designed these 24 hour retreats that we've been doing. We've done five of them. And you know, one of the things you pointed out was um, that you noticed was the, the power of the community. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you came in as a speaker and did an amazing job. Let's speak to what you saw. In the strength of of what we're doing yeah. at, the, at the retreats, in terms of that community.
1: Yeah, it made a great impression on me just to be in that in that meeting with guys that I'm guessing are thirties and forties in yeah. age and life and raising kids. And um, so, what I really liked, Nick, was number one, they were they were coming back. Mm-hmm. I think I taught it maybe the, th- the third one. Mm-hmm and most of them had been there previous so that spoke that spoke volumes to me that they're they're making the time commitment to be there Um, but i really love the the methodology of presenting uh, an idea or a concept and then um, breaking up into small groups and just kind of processing that together Um, you know I, i think we can we can get content now it's so easy to get content from digital media or whatever Um, but but it's pretty rare to be able to take an idea and process it with uh, you know four or five other guys Mm -hmm. Um, because because that brings out a whole layer of revelation that the speaker didn't necessarily bring out sure he's kind of set the table for that throwing some ideas out there but the, the interchange between the guys i thought was fabulous and, and what I really like is, as it grows season by season, year by year, the trust is built up, the depth is going to go deeper uh, to the point where somebody can say, you know, that, that speaker touched my heart, but I got to tell you, I'm really struggling with, with this topic in my own life. Yeah. That's not going to come you know, in a five or ten minute acquaintance. That's going to come with a friendship that's going to a deeper level. Knowing that I'm going to see these guys again in three or four months, mm-hmm. um, that's that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful way to meet. I think, and I'm 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 sensing that even in that in between time, there's some good communication via email or Skype or whatever yeah. to keep in touch with people. So it's, I love that.
0: Yeah. No, I appreciate that. It's it's interesting as you, you know, try different things and go down the road. If we with the first one that we did we felt like we needed to fill the agenda with content and yeah. information. And, uh, you know, we left some time for fellowship and discussion. But then as we kind of watched the event kind of unravel and just kind of observe what maybe more than anything was the camaraderie that guys got out of it, I mm-hmm. thought, wow, maybe, maybe they're just not getting this anywhere else. You know, you are kind of you wake up, you do your thing, you go to work, you go your thing, boom, 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 boom. And do you ever take a moment to pause and reflect and actually have time to think and calibrate? And uh, when I saw that happening, you know, then event two, three, four, five and beyond, we've shifted it to be, Mm -hmm. to leave a lot of time for that fellowship in that community because it seems like, if anything, that's the most important thing is that they come away with strong relationships Mm -hmm. and they're creating a, a tribe that they can go to, which it's interesting because that was not the original yeah
1: but it shows you the need
0: didn't know yeah so it's it's a need and you know um, I don't I don't know why it is that you know men in particular like to kind of do their own thing go in their man cave and fly solo probably because it's easy like you mentioned yeah but um, I think fighting that urge and putting yourself out there and being intentional about you know, including yourself in, in the community is, yeah. is really important. So.
1: You know, Nick, and another thing I think that if we, again, we go back a couple of generations, that the availability of others, uh, particularly older others, in people's lives uh, was much more prevalent. Mm-hmm. So the village elders, the the grandparents, the uh, neighbors that live next door, there were just more people in your life. Because yeah, you had, and, had to. Yeah, yeah. And now again, because we're isolated, we, we have to create these ISI opportunities. and, and, and we, we, we should create them, and, and this one's working fabulously. But, but I, think, I think for the younger guys, you know, if they're struggling with a big business decision or something in their marriage or, or, or their family, you know, the the standard answer may be go to counseling or, or but but sometimes it's just meet with some guys and mm-hmm. tell us your life story and give us a chance to, to imprint on it a little bit. That's pretty that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Well for maybe someone who is listening to this and <laughs> has not come
0: to an event and is like, Yeah, that you're describing me, where where should I even start? Where I mean, mm-hmm. any any thoughts or tips on uh, I'm feeling like a lone ranger, but I know I got some heavy stuff I'm dealing with, yeah. Um, where would you recommend someone turn? I know it may seem like a silly question, but yeah.
1: Well, go to the go to the next ISI. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, put a, that meant to be a salesperson. Right? <laughs> yeah, you no, know, but that, that could be impressive <clears throat>
0: stuff for some to come to, to that. If, yeah,
1: you know, it to is. I think. Yeah, I, I think part of it is. You know, looking for opportunities, and, and maybe it's maybe it's really starting your own, of just saying, you know, um, picking a couple of guys that maybe you've known or you don't know so well that you sense are kind of in a similar life station as you are, mm-hmm. and saying, guys, can we get together once a month for breakfast or lunch, and... Uh, you know we are doing that a little bit you and i yeah. with a couple other guys and yeah. we're just we're just kind of sitting at the table to talk about life and relationships um, sometimes we just we we, we we get it because we took the initiative to make it happen yeah and uh, we can't we can't go through life waiting or even complaining well the church isn't doing this you know or the church isn't doing or i went to a men's breakfast but you know it was uh, 80 guys in a room eating eating bacon and eggs, and we didn't really process the way I was hoping. I, I think you just kind of start with a couple people that you you think would be interested, in, and and uh, let the Lord bless it.
0: Yeah, just get together, keep it simple. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing, and you mentioned us getting together when you, um, you know, the four of us really get together for breakfast every about once a month mm-hmm. it seems like. And um, I, I thought maybe it'd be neat for you to touch on. your three q model yeah as simple as it is yeah to give a little background on why you came you know where that came from and and what the three questions are yeah
1: well honestly my my motive was a little selfish Uh, i wanted to get a better understanding of um the way younger people thought Mm -hmm. because i sensed a real change in a thinking paradigms so i asked a few guys um Different, different guys. These were probably guys in their early thirties, and we just touched on church and life and marriage and, and purpose. And out of that, they really, um, they really thanked me mm-hmm. just for getting together with them. Cool. So I says, "Wow." Um, so then yeah. I started to pray about you know what would be the good way to do that. Is it one on one, one on two? And I, I studied Jesus a little bit to look how he, can, he had 12 disciples that he really uh, invested in. But it seems like three of those guys uh, really spent some significant time with him, Peter, James, and John. So as I looked at that, it says that's kind of a neat model. Uh, you know, on one hand, he sends out 70. On another hand, he's with the 12 disciples, and there's a whole entourage of other people that traveled with him. But when we come to some key points, the Mount of Transfiguration, for example, he's there with those three guys, mm-hmm. and they're getting, a, they're getting a deeper revelation of who he is. Front row seat. Front row seat, absolutely. So I said, okay, let's try that. I prayed about, uh, you know, I knew a lot of people, but I didn't want to just go with my buddies. Sure. Uh, so I prayed. Yeah, you know, really, I really like to touch some guys in their 40s, late 30s, early 40s. So I prayed for the Lord to kind of put some people in my heart. And Nick, you were one of them. <laughs> and I benefited tremendously from it. that friendship yeah, and, and a couple other guys. Um, so what we do is we meet once a month, we talk. We can really talk about anything, uh, and we do. Um, but but what we really want to camp out on is is our relational lives. And as we meet, it's just once a month, but as we meet and we begin to get to know, and, and you guys really didn't know each other very well. Really none of us did knew each other very well. So that's been kind of fun, you know, uh, meeting new people, uh, guys that love the Lord, different stations in life, different occupations, and yet so similar in our, in our, in our need for friendship, for uh, guys to sharpen us, and to, uh, and to provoke us, inspire us to, to, to move ahead. Yeah,
0: you really, and you really kicked it off with really three simple, I mean, once we got to know each other, the three simple questions. The questions, yeah. Which I thought were, it's like if you're entering some type of mentor relationship, you're, you can just have those three basic questions, and that's really all you need. You don't need to really over-prepare or think too much through it, but having those, mm-hmm. know, those three questions that you asked us. Were, were great. So, and I know they were yeah. intentional, they weren't accidental questions. You, you asked them, you had those three, one, those three for a reason.
1: Yeah, and they were, they were, uh, you know, the first question is what, what relationship, one or two relationships in your life are, are really working well? Mm-hmm. And, and why is that? And, and maybe that's a, maybe that's a brother, maybe that's a nephew, maybe it's a wife, a, a parent, just reflecting on, on, on a positive, the second question was was similar. What one or two relationships and this time are not working so well? So yeah. They could use some improvement. And the third question is, you know, your relationship with God. Sort of, if it take a pulse today, are things well? Are they moving forward? Do you feel a little stagnant? Feel like you're struggling? And you're you're not as close to God as you you would like to be. So those three questions, positive not so positive, and, and God, really give us the, the, the format to meet. Mm-hmm. I, I do zero preparation. I'm not bringing anything, and I don't want to prepare. I just want to you know, have a, a normal, fluid yeah. interchange of ideas, but, but not, not just talk about uh, you know, other things, but really, really focus on those three questions. And I, I want to be as vulnerable as everybody else to yeah. answer them.
0: Well, you know, when you were describing it to me that relationships are so much a big part of who we are, and when we have ones that are working well, we feel good. Yeah. Um, And when we have ones that maybe aren't working well, you know, it's, we don't feel so good. Right. a lot of times you can just ignore it. Um, But I found even just being open and talking about the ones that aren't working well, Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't even so much like someone was trying to like fix it you know the other guys right. they weren't trying to like fix my thing but um they were sharing some experiences that were similar that mm-hmm. i can relate to and i found that you know i found that helpful and um so it's, it's nice to have that exchange
1: yeah sometimes you know especially guys my age are, are fixers they want to give you the three steps to do this or you know <laughs> Uh, on, and I, I was raised, <clears throat> I was raised spiritually in that, in that atmosphere of getting the right answer, applying the right formula, the right method. But now, I've really, really changed in my thinking. And again, a lot of it learning from, from generations behind me how they do life. But I think a lot of it is just uh, wanting to have, have friendships that are, that are real, that are authentic, And and don't really have a program or a motive behind them to to solve a problem or to to do anything better. You know, just hanging out with people. I get inspired by people that are living well, that are serving God. And that becomes my impetus to want to be like them, to want to change. Mm -hmm. It's not because they gave me a workbook and had me fill out some answers it, it was, was
0: attractive something about them was
1: attractive you see jesus in people and you're drawn to that light and you see how they live their lives or how they if it's their their self discipline if it's their their, dis- their, their, their fun loving spirit whatever it is we're we're drawn to some people in life hmm. and and what is it that they have It's really god dwelling in them yeah cuz the personalities can change you know and and they're not perfect and they make mistakes etc but light you know light is drawn to light deep is drawn to deep so there's something in people that draws us and if it's jesus i want to hang out with those people yeah you know i want it to rub off
0: yeah that's interesting that's it is true and uh you know i found even in my own personal journey it seems like the more i'm investing in you know my walk with god it seems like my light is brighter absolutely uh you know it seems like there's a natural attraction of others just mm-hmm. when I work on my own relationships. There is.
1: You know, the Bible says we're a fragrance, hmm. and people are drawn to that aroma, you know, and, uh, and we can't manufacture it. You know, we, can't, we can put on a lot of cologne and perfume. That's not going to do it, but yeah. the fragrance of Jesus in us, living through us, that's going gonna, that's gonna to evoke a response and it's going to evoke a good response for those that are seeking. Mm-hmm. But for those that aren't, it can be a negative. Yeah. I, I don't want this Christian in my life.
0: Yeah. So what, uh, what I think, I'm curious to know in, in your own, you know in your own life or what you've seen in others, ways where you can, you know, turn the dimmer switch up and turn up that brightness a little bit in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, your closeness with God or yeah. whatever you want to call it because I think, I think a lot of us desire that and you know everybody has different ways that they do it but what are some of the things that you've seen as some top things, some top patterns?
1: Yeah, one of the things that I've tried to do um, I've prayed for uh, more perception hmm. eyes to see, uh, ears to hear I want to I be in a room and see what's going on you know, um, like if I walked through this this company this morning and I had a day to hang out and, and introduce myself to people, hey, I'm a friend of Nick's, and, you know, uh, can I get you a coffee or something? And just get a, get a vibration from somebody. Because uh, I found, Nick, that a lot of people are fairly open. If I say to the waitress at, at Bob Evans, how's your day going? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they tell you. You know, sometimes they say fine, most of the time, but a lot of times they say, I need need a new job.
0: When you mean it, yeah, they can tell.
1: You know, or, uh, well, since you asked, my mom's in the hospital. And uh, so I don't want to live a life where people are passing me on the street and I never engage. I want to say, God, is there somebody today that I I can start a a conversation with? And... um, you know, sometimes it's just asking them, "Hey, I, I'm I'm a guy that believes in prayer. Mm-hmm. Could I could I just pray for you about this situation, mm-hmm. um, and maybe introduce myself, or maybe just get a sense? But part of shining a light, I think. You know, Jesus was really aware of the people around him. You remember the story where the woman touches his garment, mm-hmm. and everybody's pressing in, and he says to his he asks the question, "You know, who touched me?" And the disciples just say, you're kidding me? There's like 20 people touching your right, But he was aware that that woman had a need. In particular. And I want that perception to say, God, give me eyes to see if, if somebody is in the hospital waiting room and it seems like they're crying hmm. because their loved one is going through surgery. I want to be the one to go over and say, hey, well, it looks like you're having a tough time right now. Yeah. You know? That's, um,
0: I'm glad you mentioned this because personally I've even noticed that and you mentioned this earlier that we can fill up our lives with stuff yeah when you got waiting time you're in the waiting room the doctor whatever Mm -hmm. and you got five minutes the default for most is to flip your phone right and you know I was thinking back to when my like younger when I was childhood, before I had a phone when I was Going, and you would sit there and you would strike out more conversations with people. You would notice what's going on. You'd be a little more perceptive mm-hmm. to the situation. And so I appreciate that encouragement because um, th- there's all these things that you can go into and just suck you in. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I I like how when I'm with you, I notice that you are slow, like you slow down to mm-hmm. notice people. Um, the waitress at Bob Evans, To mm-hmm. you actually know that she likes painting and she's in the music. It's like, well, it's because you took the time to notice her, and you were interested, genuinely interested in her and what was going on, because you weren't consumed when, you know, with Instagram or whatever, Facebook right. or other things that were on your phone. Um, so I, I really appreciate that about you, and I appreciate well, you mentioning that. Um, That's a way to have a brighter light.
1: Yeah, I think so, and and you know, people are dealing with stuff, and they don't know where to go with yeah. it, and uh, sometimes a simple question. You know, I remember when uh, uh, who was it? Zacchaeus was up in the tree, and Jesus says, "Hey, I'm coming to your house tonight." <laughs> I, I just love that spontaneity of I want to be with you, and I'm hanging out with you tonight, and let's fill the house. And yeah, you're right. The 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 you know we all love our technology, and it, it, it does so, so it has so many good things with it. But in that hospital waiting room, everybody's on their phone. Mm-hmm. And, and what are they doing, really? No, it's, it's trivial. It's just it's trivial. entertainment. Yeah. yeah, meaningless.
0: So I don't want to go down too much of a rabbit hole, although I love to go down mm-hmm. rabbit holes. <laughs> we could probably do that for a while, but I think this is an important thing that, you know, especially a lot of the people that maybe listening to this are um, trying to be high performance. You know, trying to like make the most of every single day. Mm-hmm. um do you have any thoughts on how to balance that you know I don't want to waste any minute I want to make the most of it where I am and be as efficient and as productive as possible while still being available because I, mm-hmm. I there's a there's a there's a tension there's there. a tension in those two, two worlds and I'm just curious if, yeah. if you would touch on that if you have any thoughts on that.
1: yeah no that's that's a really that's a really insightful question um, on one hand, we want to be ordered, and and we don't want to waste time in our day. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be sleeping in till eleven o'clock. We want to accomplish things, and yet we have to recognize, you know, most of the world doesn't live this way. I don't say laid back, um, but I, I think there's, you know, if we were if we were in a, maybe in Italy or Portugal or something, we might be having a morning coffee at sure. ten o'clock and just taking 20 minutes and how are things going. Um, in, in, in modern America, we're pretty driven, we're goal oriented. Productive. Yeah. Uh, and and there's, there's a lot of good to that, sure. for sure. You get, you're, you're efficient, you get things done. The trade-off for that is, you know, just the natural enjoyment of life. I think the answer is just asking God, Lord, here's my day. I think I'm going to be doing this but I want my agenda to bend to people needs. Sure. And if I've got to to sideline something or be late, 20 minutes late for a meeting because right now something's more important, I want to be able to position myself to be the hands and feet of the Lord in this situation and not say, well, I'll shoot him an email next week. Mm. Some of it is just being available, which is hard. Uh, I think we have to examine examine our schedules. You know, I'm, I'm telling my daughter she's this is her first year in the school. I'm saying you've got to you've got to make an appointment with yourself mm-hmm. and and carve out an hour hour and a half. You know, because things are coming at you. People are knocking on your door. They want response right now to their email. If we live that way, yes, it's efficient. Yes, it's productive. What's, what's the cost? Mm-hmm. What's the trade-off? Right. Well, no. we got to know what we're giving up to what we get.
0: Yeah. Right. I love that. You know, being able to have, a, have an agenda, be productive, be thoughtful about mm-hmm. planning your days and your weeks to make the most of, you know, the, the situations where you have influence. But at yeah. the same time, being able to recognize that maybe something is more important that you didn't know was going to be more important yeah. and being able to adapt to the
1: situation. Yeah. And, and you know, Nick, part of... Part of that is the understanding too of the seasons of life. Because mm-hmm. I'm in that season where I've, I'm more available today than I've ever been. So if, if uh, I'll give you an example. I, I, got a, I got a phone call probably four months ago from uh, a good friend's wife who said, Rick, I, I, I don't know where else to go, but we're just, my husband and I, the guy I know pretty well, uh, we're just not, it's not working. Not firing. She just was that desperation at wow. point. And, uh, and this is a guy I've known for, gosh, 40 years. Our, our, our lives have intersected. And I'm in a position in life where I can take that and say, Lord, is this something you want me to put some time to and invest in? And the answer was pretty clearly my heart was for it, because I, I, I care about him, I care sure. about her. But if I was 28, 30, putting in the 12-hour days at work, yeah. raising the kids, that would have been a harder decision. Not that we can't do it, and I think no matter what age we are, we're always available, but but candidly, I'm more available than, I, than I've than i been in the past. So part of that understanding seasons in, in a man's life is to understand... God's giving me more opportunities because I'm telling Him I'm willing to respond. Mm-hmm. And I and you know we've heard this cliche: the greatest ability is availability. But there's something to that. You know, is it is it I'm available because I have all these gifts and abilities and talents, or is it available because I can just make a phone call? Hey, let's go out and get a coffee. Yeah, and we can talk about anything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Recognizing the seasons. I'm in a different season than you, but. With- yeah, thirty-seven. A great one. Three. <laughs> yeah, I love, and loving it, but it is definitely different. And um, I wonder what I did with all the time. Before I <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> what happened? Well, uh, you know, since you mentioned the, um, the seasons, I do want to touch on that a little bit. Um, it's probably another uh, episode when we can really un- dive in deep into it. But you give you give me this outline of this book that you're working on. Yeah, the seven seasons of a man's in a man's life yeah, going through all the way from the beginning infant toddler all the way up to eternity mm-hmm. um, and um, I want to touch on all of them but I, I was really excited when you gave me this and well you, you teased it actually to me first time you said I'm writing this book <laughs> about all the key things that you know if you don't get it right at this stage you basically blew it <laughs> I was like alright well Ouch. I'd like to know what you know um, and I'm excited that I know that you're working on it. And I'm mm-hmm, excited I to, am. to to have it come out for others to share this this gold with others. But um, you know, in each season, uh, you talk about five kind of key points, mm-hmm. um, and I was, you elaborate on what those five are, and just a little preview of maybe what's something to expect in the future.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I think that if you if you look at the way God created the world, I like to to start with sort of the divine pattern. Um, God is really into seasons and change, and there's a design and a purpose. You know, if you look at the animal kingdom, there's, there's hibernation, there's reproduction, there's migration, there's all these things that happen in certain seasons. Uh, if you look at the, uh, the life of a man, you know, some of our, our changes are, are biologically driven with, with maybe puberty or, or aging. Uh, but definitely there's this sense of, of, of seasons where certain things happen for a purpose at certain things in, in life, at certain times in life. And if we just grasp that sink, simple concept, uh, then it forces us to say, okay, well, where am I right now in my life? Mm-hmm. What season am I in? And, and, and to reflect on the past and say, what opportunities did I take advantage of? And perhaps, what opportunities did I neglect? So there's kind of these, these seasons, and, and uh, each one comes with sort of some benchmarks. <clears throat> what should we be accomplishing at this season of life? Some, some virtues that can be really developed and cultivated. Uh, some faith development. What, what is it about God that a child can understand uh, at, at seven years old? And, and what is it about a man of, of 40 that, uh, that can be uh, his, his faith identification? Um, we have certain assets in our certain ages. You know, um, my, my asset is no longer physical strength and endurance. So when the ISI guys go for a run in the morning, I'm not there. <laughs> I, I, and it's I, all, it's I, all levels. And I resent it's that a little bit. Or miss that. But, <clears throat> but I have some assets at this season of life that I do have. And so if we if we sort of capture those, hmm. you know, and, and, and what, what what do we have, what obstacles we have to overcome, and put that into a stage of life, then, then all of a sudden you see the whole... The whole script, you see, uh, you see your life. You can reflect on where you were in some of your earliest memories of life, positive or negative. You see where you are today. And most importantly, you see where you're going and what opportunities God still has to give you. To me, that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Because most guys my age are in this wind down, oh no, my back hurts. You know, oh, my friends are dying or moving away to Florida. Uh, my kids are raised. Uh, the rest of my life is going to be uh, a downer. Mm. And, and, and biblically, the, the biblical account and, and God's encouragement to us is, is just the opposite. Mm. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's uh, carpe diem. That's, I,
0: I love that. And, you know, benchmarks, the virtues, the faith development, seasonal assets. Yeah. Obstacles. It's. You know, I look back on these different seasons, and you can apply. I can apply it to my current stage of life. I can. I can look through these different seasons and think about our boys. I can think about um, the others, other people that are close to me in my life, I mean, my mm-hmm. nieces and nephews and cousins and whatnot, and think. You know, what can I do to help them with that development in the yeah. season that they're in? So, I found yeah. it really helpful. Even though we've only got the cliff notes here, you know, <laughs> and I know I'm excited to. See the, the full version. I mean, that was going to just be a gift to, to share this with people. Mm. Um was switching gears a little bit, kind of getting kind of on a wrap. Up. I've asked the different guests these same questions, but mm-hmm. um, sharing the, your kind of your toolbox. Are there any any uh, tools or gadgets or things that you have um, that you couldn't live without? Things that you use on a day on a daily basis or the weekly basis? Things that you just need to have?
1: Um. Example, um, maybe something
0: you carry with you, or something you used as part of your morning or your okay. routines. That
1: okay, some practical things. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Um, well, I don't journal, and, and I wish I did. <laughs> I, I'm impressed by people that have that discipline to journal. Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to be able to do that. Um, what I what I try and do. This is going to sound a little funny, but. <clears throat> My latest thing is uh, trying connecting with people uh, in a somewhat superficial way. By If it's, if I know, if, for example, it's their birthday, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll send them a, an email or a card. Happy birthday. My friend just turned 60. Two days ago, I, I wrote him a little note uh, just saying how much I value our friendship. I try and almost daily do something... Connect with somebody to give them some encouragement. Hmm. Um, I find it takes like two or three minutes. You know, it's not a big hour-long project. Just to be thinking about it. But people, and I'm the same way, and you're probably the same way. Somebody says, hey, I just appreciate you, or I love the way you're raising your boys, or whatever. Boy, that just affirms us as men, you know. And one of our deepest needs is to be affirmed, so... um, if we can just affirm others, and, and again, the, the, the technology makes it so easy today, that's probably a toolbox thing that I've got. Yeah. Um, I try and read the word <clears throat> every day. I would be lying if I say I, I do it every day. I try to. Um, do you read, uh, do you have a plan? Do you just kind of open up? I have a plan to uh, essentially camp out on a sort of a theme, maybe the prophets for a while. Hmm. maybe uh the the account in the book of acts i do jump around a lot i don't read it from genesis to revelation kind of where i'm at lord what do i need to get a better grasp on i go to some bible studies uh through the week um honestly nick it's not real scripted it's not real goal-oriented it's uh you know, I'm, I'm a fairly relational person, so yes. I, I like I like relationships, and I like to invest in them.
0: Yeah, it's your natural wiring. You're different than your wife. You mentioned that definitely you wear a little bit more of a feel. That's more my way. I'm kind of in between, but lean more towards the feel side versus mm-hmm. the you know ABC checklist. Um I can, yeah. I can
1: do those, but I tend to not. You know, yeah, I, I just have my natural tendency. I wake up at 4:30 <laughs> sometimes, and my wife's on the couch. Uh, she's a real intercessor, and in, in she might have the map of the America of the United States, and she's got her hand on the state of Ohio, and she's she's in the holy of holies praying. And I wow. say, wow! I mean, I, I don't think I could do that, but I sure that's her toolbox, yes. yeah, you know. Absolutely. And she's doing, and she's that's who she yeah. is. She's a she's an intercessor to the max. So uh, hmm. we're all different, and I think we just have to go with our tendencies and I believe it's God's wiring. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we're all unique for sure. We are. What about
0: uh you mentioned obviously you've been a student of the Bible for a long time. Is there any life verse or you know one thing that you really have found to be a one verse that really means maybe more to you than others or one that's really stood out to you?
1: Well, there is. Uh it's kind of a funny one, but it's I I, I reflect on it often. Um it's at the end of uh Habakkuk where I can't quote it to you, but uh basically the the idea is um, you know the Lord's blessed blessed us the he's given us hind's feet to be on high places, but if the blessing is not there, if the great if the if there's no food in the if there's no grapes in the van, I'm not doing a very good job. Mm-hmm. If there's no blessing there, I will still I will still love and honor the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's important to me because life comes in seasons of, of blessing and abundance. Mm-hmm. Then there's some dry times. Mm-hmm. We all have that. You that's know, easy. there's there's the mountain and the valley. Yeah. And I don't wanna be the type of Christian that is always praising the Lord when things are good. And then, and then just crying out to him when things are bad. I want to be blessing and honoring and loving God when there's no oil in the press, when yeah. there's no grapes in the, in the vat, when the, when the dew is not there, to still say, Lord, you know, my life is, is for you. Uh, the circumstances of life are not going to determine my love and affection hmm. and adoration for God if it's going well, great. If it's not going so well, I'm not going to be driven by life circumstances. Because a lot of them I can't control. Yeah, I can control my response to them. Wow. so A well, uh, consistent steadfast, regardless of
0: situation. I love that. As, where, 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 it's where the end of Habakkuk.
1: Chapter 3, okay. verse something. Okay. Uh, I'll put it in. We'll got to get a better answer to that question because no, I, I, mean, I know the verse. You, you gave a better answer than just <clears throat> been spitting out the word. I mean, talk about what it means to you, and I appreciate
0: that. No, that's awesome. That's encouraging. Um, if people wanted to uh, connect with you, be honest. How does someone get in touch with with you? It's the best way.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll I, stay away. I have an email I have an email that I'm open it's okay. open to everybody I okay. can give you that I'm not real tech savvy so
0: we'll put it on the website if you want to yeah
1: Okay. I would love to if somebody wants to respond I'd love to chat with them and awesome
0: yeah well thank you for uh, just everything for speaking at ISI and just spending some time here today and the ongoing relationship I I you uh, know one of the things you mentioned was just spend time around the people that you want to know more about be more like and I appreciate that you've invested in me personally.
1: And, Amen. And, uh, so it's been great you, for me, thank Nick. You for that, yeah. Yeah, support. and if there's any room left for the upcoming ISI, it would be great for if anybody's listening and is thinking about coming. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm sold on it. I think you guys are doing a great job. So Thanks. I'm humbled to be a part of it, in a small way. So uh, it'd be great to have anybody that's listening out there to say, "Hey, give it a try." Yeah, I look forward to what'll happen. Mm. Well, would you mind? Uh, closing us to a word of so yeah. Great. Well, Lord, thank you for this opportunity. It's just good to, to uh, really, Lord, just think about life. That's really what we want to do a lot. Uh, it's such a wonderful gift you've given to us. It's a great country we live in. Um, we have opportunities and freedoms that most of the world doesn't have. We don't want to waste it on ourselves. We don't want to waste it. Uh, and we don't want to waste time. So, Lord, as we even just reflect this morning, uh, but Nick and I and even anyone listening to this podcast uh, over the next few weeks, help us, Lord, to live a life that's uh, examined well and to uh, be bold, to make changes where necessary, to reach out, to be strong and courageous, to take the initiative, knowing that... Uh, We belong to you, that uh, you're our good shepherd and you lead us, Lord, and and we want to live a full, satisfied life, and that comes from our relationship with you and and with those that you give to us, Lord. Bless uh, iron sharpens iron. Continue to bless it, Lord, and give wisdom and direction to the, the leadership team. And bless this upcoming retreat in, in uh, on May thirty first and June first. That Lord, you could really form in each man there uh, purpose, direction, and understanding, and they will uh, they will move forward in their own lives and impact dozens, maybe hundreds, and thousands. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks, Rick.